This is a Soulfire production. It is December. It is so chilly here in Chicago. I have two amazing friends on today, Megan and Peggy, this amazing dynamic mother-daughter duo who have an incredible healing company together through food. Food has healed their family and they are on a mission to pay forward the gift it's been for them. And I have had the opportunity to be um, with Meg every Tuesday night. We've, we've run a women's leadership circle all of 2020 and just getting to know her heart and her kindness and her gifts and the loving space that she holds for everyone around her. The love that she puts into everything that she does, including her cooking, has been so beautiful to be a part of and witness and know her. I've been able to experience their cooking at one of my friends, Kelly, you guys know her, Kelly Tennant's um, women's retreat that she did in 2019. And I got to experience their delicious food that just was so nourishing because of how they cooked. The experience that they had cooking it together in the kitchen and then how they delivered it to the presentation, to the quality of the food, to the love and mindfulness that was put into every everything and the ingredients down to the conversations that were had around food. And I had the opportunity to be on their podcast and I knew Megan came from a good family because of um, just who she is and how she shows up in the world, but witnessing her mother and the values and the level of spiritual depth and principles that she was committed to bringing forward in her family through food, through conscious conversations, through giving her kids the availability to share their emotions and to be open and honest and vulnerable with each other from a young age is really just mind blowing to witness, to be honest with you, Peggy. Like, I feel like you're so far ahead of your time. And I like truly feel like you are so, so, so gifted. And you have a, you have something innately inside of you that can heal many families. And I know 2020 has been traumatic in many ways for families. You know, mothers have had to cook more than they've ever had to cook. They've had to become teachers. They've had to, you know, run businesses while, you know, making food while taking care of their husband. Like, like things have been crazy. And I know they can learn a lot from you, Peggy, and obviously you, Megan, um, as to like how to cope consciously, how to take trauma, how to take a whirlwind of a year and go, hey, we're still going to experience these holidays in a way that's meaningful. It might be over a Zoom call. It might be over um, a roundtable virtual dinner, but we're coming together in love and we're going to do it around food and we're going to do it consciously. And there's so many things that people can learn from you guys, along with your magnificent recipes that are so delicious and so high vibrational because of the ingredients that you choose that are extremely simple and accessible and they're really good for you. And I know this is an audience of conscious entrepreneurs that's very mindful of what they put in their body and what you guys offer are recipes that all of them can dive into and have fun with. So I just want to thank you guys for saying yes to being here and sharing the depth of your love, wisdom, and your gifts with my audience today. My heart is so seen and heard. My spirit is just is just on such a high level with that introduction. I want to thank you from my soul and my heart. Thank you so much for having us here to share what we love to do with all of your community. Yeah, we're, mm. we're so grateful. And it's I love, you know, getting to talk to your audience of conscious entrepreneurs, you know, that's really the base of our business. What we started in working together and why we thought mother and daughter was so powerful was being able to reach multi-generations, no matter what age or what you're going through. And then having those perspectives of really being, I mean, our entire business is based off of consciousness, self-awareness, consciousness of what you're putting into your body, how you interact with the world around you. And so we're just so grateful to get to be here and share something that we're so passionate about with your audience. So thank you. I'm just really, really, I feel very blessed that, um, we get to be here together and I know pegs you're sitting in front of an amazing array of food. We have, I can see, uh, lettuce, cabbage, uh, is that bok choy? 
bok choy. Okay. And today we're going to have a special um, dish that we're that we're making for everyone. Yes. And we wanted to make something that was what pegs healthy, simple. Everyone can do it. Warm, because I mean we're in the winter. Yeah, supporting our whole body, supporting our immunity, especially during COVID time, you know, really nourishing our body right now is um, such an important thing. And and if you can really boost your immunity, boost your mind, body, spirit, and nourish yourself both from the inside out with these nourishing foods, that's what this dish is about. It's a foundational dish that we cook in just our home every week. And also in like the resets that we do, you know, teaching people about food and which foods work best for your body. And we love this recipe because as entrepreneurs or just working individuals, you know, the biggest thing we hear with our clients is I just don't have time. I don't have the time to make dinner. It's so consuming. I don't enjoy it. And that's where the challenges come in is because it can be very overwhelming. And so what we try and do with Curry Girls Kitchen and all the recipes that we create is making them digestible, making them easy, simplified, and a way that you can have stuff we give you options that are ready prepped. You can get stuff that's already, you kind of just have to assemble it and throw it together. And this dish is something that takes under 10 minutes, a really nutrient rich meal that you can have and feel so nourished in a short amount of time. Sounds like something I want to make. Depending on the season, depending on where you live in the country, because not everyone has access to our beautiful Southern California farmer's markets. You know, and so we like to give people choices, things that are either frozen or better for you, packaged goods or canned things or things that you're going to find in your local store. So so this dish is what we call our farmer's market stir fry, but it really is just a basic stir fry. And there's a few key ingredients. And am I going? Do I get to start? Yeah, now? let's go. Let's yeah. cook it up, Pegs. Oil is really good. We really talk about beneficial fats. Because this is more of a um, Asian flair dish, I like to use a sesame oil, okay? And so I'm just gonna pour a little bit of sesame oil into my pan. My pan is preheated. And I'm gonna start, I have two different kinds of onions because I want you to see, you can either use a, um, a green scallion onion, which we're using, I'm gonna throw those in. And then if you just have a regular white onion, you could totally use a regular white onion and throw that in, all right? You can use one or both, up to you. But this is what a scallion green onion looks like. The second thing that we love to use is mushrooms. Now, I'm not gonna use all these mushrooms, but shiitake mushrooms are super beneficial for our bodies. Uh, and we're gonna use like about a cup in this um, dish. The other mushroom that I have in here is a king oyster. And a king oyster looks like this. And what I love about king oyster mushrooms is they kind of are like scallops. So if we have vegetarians, this is really fun. It gives that meatiness um, to the dish. And then I'm gonna just stir this. And this is the good flavor. What she's cooking down, what I love and what a lot of people always say, it's like, why is it my food? It tastes bland or I'm not getting that good flavor. When you take the time to just, and it only takes a couple minutes to cook down the onions and to mix, to marry it in with the oil and the mushrooms. And then I'm sure garlic is going to go in there. And I'm going to put a lid on it for right now, because what we're going to do is add more goodness, more flavoring. And then this is the key for antiviral. So we know that garlic is antiviral, okay? We know ginger is also an antiviral. It's supporting our immune system. Megan has this wonderful trick. When you go to peel a ginger, you just take the back of the spoon and you just scrape it. It's like so super easy. Yeah, you don't peel. need a knife. Really? Yeah, you don't need a knife. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just going to take, you know, however much ginger you like, and I'm just gonna literally just dice it up and this is gonna go in the dish. And I also have a little bit, um, again, we're huge garlic uh, fans. So two garlic cloves, three, whatever you wanna put in, just garlic cloves. And what I've done is I've just, um, whoopsie, I've just diced them up. 
And if you want, this is what we love is we always say a a good tip when cooking is make double, make double what you would typically do. Cook for two, even if you're just one, as somebody that is single, I found that having lived with someone before, when you have leftovers, you're a lot more inclined to reach for a better option when you're hungry. And it just, it's, that's, it's the best, it's the best way of like mini meal prepping. Totally. Okay. So This is uh, just a regular store-bought, no chicken broth. Again, it's vegetarian. We're keeping this dish vegetarian um, for today, but you can totally add uh, a chicken. Uh, We have a great teriyaki sauce that's gluten-free. By the way, we are all gluten-free. We have lots of substitutions for dairy-free too, and we do everything because Megs and I eat paleo. We're like pagan, you know, whatever our body needs. So, you know, um, you could add a steak in this. You could do a um, teriyaki grass-fed, grass-finished beef that's been marinated in a gluten-free teriyaki sauce. Just going to add a little bit of this no chicken broth. And then what I'm going to do is add some of the bok choy in here right now. Because you won't believe in three minutes, we're going to have a beautiful dish. All right, so my bok choy is in here. I've also got some blanched broccoli. And all I've done with the broccoli is I cut it up into bite-sized bits. And I'm going to put some of that in the pan. And this is the base. This is where you get to have fun. And if you love carrots, adding carrots in there. If you like bell peppers, you know, this is where you get into the seasonality of the veggies that you have access to. Okay, so you can see that. And then what I... Exactly. And some of the other... I'm going to give this a minute um, to... uh, cook some more, but then like what Megan was saying, you can add zucchini, you can add carrots, you can add cauliflower. And if you've never seen this beautiful vegetable called Romanesque, this is, it's like, it's like a dinosaur. It's just so beautiful. But this is a sweeter form of a cauliflower kind of broccoli flower. And so today for the protein, I'm gonna add some fresh peas. But again, besides the chicken or the meat that you can add, you can totally add, um, if you like uh, tempa or uh, black soybeans, edamame, uh, you know, things like that, that you can totally add if you want some more protein. So this is like literally almost done. I'm going to add the peas. So now you can actually serve this. This is what I love at this point. You could save some of those veggies and not mix it in with the noodles, but like you could have it with something else later in the day. Say you you have rice that you want to switch it up. So you can kind of play around with what you top this on. Smart. Exactly. And you know what, you guys, they have frozen broccoli florets. They have frozen spinach. They have all these beautiful frozen vegetables that no matter where you live in the world, you can make a dish like this. And then and we love frozen because frozen is fresher than say a canned version of it. And it's, you're going to have more nutrient quality in the frozen product than you will in the can. Great. And so we're using, this is a mung bean noodle that we get at our farmer's market. It's made out of mung beans. And all I do is to reconstitute them. I put them in, but For everyone else that doesn't live in California, we're going to just, I'm going to cover that. But you could use an Annie Chung rice noodle. You could use a Pad Thai rice noodle. And then another favorite is Explore Asia. So you have so many options that you would pre-cook this. It takes all of four minutes to cook rice noodles. And then you would just add them in like I added them in. And then what you can do is add like, some coconut aminos or a garlic sauce, teriyaki sauce that's store-bought that again is going to add a little more flavor to the dish. What about a red chili, like a little red chili sauce? If you like some heat in there, add some jalapenos, spice it up. I love add, finishing with some chili flakes or something. Um, I just want to touch on too, when Peg says reconstitute, what she means is like, say you have like day old noodles or noodles that have been pre-cooked, but they're kind of crunchy. If you add a little liquid to them, it'll give them like life back. So if you've ever like reheated noodles, like it softens them again. So So, and that's what I'm doing right here. If I pour a little bit more of my liquid on it, 
put the top on, you're going to see those noodles are going to reconstitute in about a minute. And less. say you're grain free. Like there's so many other options, like a seaweed noodle, or like what we're using is a glass noodle. It's a, it's a sweet potato, or this one's mung bean based, um, which is also mung beans are really high in protein. So that's what we love being able to offer. Like, it seems like there's a lot of options and depending on what your dietary needs, goals, restrictions are, we have all of those options and listed out for you with the brands that we love that we know taste good on currygirlskitchen.com in the recipes for you. And in, you know, a few minutes, you have a beautiful nutrient rich dish that um, is very satisfying with just vegetables. It's like the foods that make your body hum because they're green, they're vibrant, they're going to nurse your cells and your soul on so many levels. <laughs> wow. I'm like in awe. That was so quick and it's so beautiful. And this full recipe is on currygirlskitchen.com and you just click into stir fry. And if you do want to make a teriyaki sauce, that's also on our recipes as well. And we'll link all <laughs> this up in the show notes. Thank you so much, Pegs. I can't believe how simple you made that and how accessible and gosh, I wish I was there to eat it. So I know you said you cook potentially two every time you make a meal, especially like this with a ton of veggies, maybe even when you're doing proteins like in bulk. Do you ever cook for more than two days in advance? Like how do you teach somebody to prep like clean and like what foods can they be putting in what they're prepping to really boost their immune systems right now? We talked about garlic. There's certain like foundational things to always keep in your refrigerator or in your pantry. Things like onions, um, a sweet potato. You can keep um, garlic and ginger and, you know, different forms of onions and mushrooms. Those are the things that are going to really, they're going to last longer in your fridge. And then the other things that you want to think about is just your veggies. You want to be vegetable weighted because those are the things that our bodies are going to really crave. And then, so it's like, you know how like the old food pyramid would have the grains at the bottom? We want the vegetables at the bottom. Okay. So you really want to choose, you know, colorful, eat with our eyes. Our body is craving colorful, rich, nutrient dense foods. Megan, do you have something? Oh, what I would just add to it, you know, when I talk to my, when I'm cooking for clients or when I'm coaching clients and how to set up their weeks, because again, you know, what we talked about is a, a lot of the, the, the struggle that people face is time. You know, time is the biggest, our biggest asset. And how do we manage our time and how do you make time for your health and for, for cooking for yourself and really nourishing your body consciously, especially if you're trying to perform and create abundance and amazing, um, create, like share your gifts with the world. You want to be nourishing yourself so you can show up to the fullest. And so whether that's finding like shortcuts or easier things like ready prepped onions, ready prepped garlic, ready prepped vegetables. And we always say it's up to three days is how long in advance you want to prep for. So if you know you want to, what I always say is have a couple vegetables. Cause like Peg says, it's all of those, the different colorfuls. Like when you hear eat the rainbow, the reason why you're wanting to eat the rainbow is because there's all the different phytonutrients, minerals, all of the different things that your body needs, the vitamins naturally in those foods. And those colors are going to give you those different antioxidants, the different things that really are promoting overall well-being and giving you all of those essential things we need to continue to have a really strong immune system. So I will always say is pick a grain, whether that's a rice, a quinoa, or having some like noodles that are quick cooking so that you have like a something that you can go to to throw together. I personally love quinoa because quinoa is great cold. You can throw it in salads. You don't necessarily have to heat it up. You can. You can add tomatoes, some herbs, um, cucumbers, and you can make it into a tabbouleh. You can add it with chicken. You could do all sorts of different things. Like you could take these stir fry vegetables, like we said, instead of mixing them all in with the noodles, you top that on top of quinoa, scramble an egg up in there. That's a beautiful morning Ooh. scramble. 
that's like, there's so many ways. So like, and then, so we'll have some different veggies and I always try to rotate the veggies. So if I'm doing spinach for the first three days, the next three days, I'll go for like a kale or an arugula or a different type of green. So I'm getting the different nutrients in those different greens because all of them are so wonderful. The same with like an asparagus, a Brussels sprout, a squash. I'm going to pick a veggie. I'll prep it. I love roasting veggies. Again, kind of like the quinoa. What I'll tell my clients is like, take all you need is like an hour or two. You can get a rotisserie chicken from the market, which is like $8. You don't have to cook it. It is a great thing that you can pull apart. You have shredded chicken that you can add into meals. You have your roast, you take 20, 30 minutes, roast some veggies, take in that 20 minutes, you're cooking your quinoa. You can, if you want, we have like, you make a dressing, like our house dressing, which you can put on bowls. So I focus on a couple key ingredients that then you can mix together, whether you then add it into salad greens, you warm it up in a pan and add some of this teriyaki sauce on it, make it like a stir fry. Um, so picking like what we would say on our plate is a plate of three. You want to have a protein, your veggies, and then whatever that bulk is, whether it's like a starchy sweet potato or it's a grain of some sorts, a quinoa, a seed, um, or if you're feeling like lighter, you have it on salads, like salad with excess veggies and protein. So you really get to play around with this, this mentality of having your plate. When Peg says veggie heavy, you want it to be more vegetables, more, more color on your plate than it is the grains or proteins per se. Yeah, because you only really need whatever the size of the palm of your hand is if you are a meat eater. So if you're fish, it's like between three to four ounces, depending on how large or small you are, you know, what we need. And that's why we love the tips too, like the chicken or ready prepped veggies. So if you say you are somebody that doesn't like cooking, there are options that you can go to these um, places and get like a ready prepped salad or having things on hand, like the prepped veggies. Like I've once used to go to like the salad bars and get like little separate containers of the already chopped radishes and already chopped peas or whatever, like everything's prepped and you have it all separate. So you can throw it together. So you don't even have to prep it. If you don't have access to already ready prepped frozen veggies, you know, like there's so many ways to work around whatever it is your, your block is for being able to really nourish yourself. Mm. And, and what came to mind at the very end there too, Meg, especially for people on the go are, you know, I know we said the vegetables, you know, we'd rather a frozen vegetable, but the canned lentils, your legumes, your beans, nuts and seeds, putting toasted pepitas or toasted sunflower seeds on your salad or in your rice and quinoa gives you a perfect um, balance of your amino acids and your proteins. So there are so many different ways that we love to share um, how to get around uh, the cumbersomeness for some people's, you know, cooking. Yeah. Well, this just gets, I feel like all of us excited to go to currygirlskitchen.com and just explore all these recipes. Cause then it's just like, you make it so much easier for us. So you take the thinking out of it. We'll just go in there and get excited. I know you guys also have like a cleanse in there and like a, and a restart plan, which is so awesome. And I think all of us are ready for a whole cleanse coming into 2020 to just get really aligned to what the new year has to bring us. Right. Definitely. You know, I think a lot of times what I see with clients is that um, people get discouraged because you set these goals or you do these like these diets and it's not about a lifestyle, which is what we educate in Curry Girls Kitchen is really adopting new lifestyles. Yes. And that is where lasting change comes through. And like you said, you know, 2020 has been a very challenging year for so many people. And as we've learned, health is our wealth. Perfect. That is the biggest currency that we can have this year is making sure that we're staying healthy and strong and taking not only care of ourselves, but of others and being conscious about that. And so what we do is we always pick those, those um, peak times in the year where you're more likely to get a cold or where your immune system is, could be compromised because of after the summer, as we get into the colder seasons, we do our fall reset. And now as we're getting into winter after the holidays, and even though the holidays might look a little different this year, you know, like you said, we might be on zoom meetings. We can still have those 
um, traditions and to still feel festive and to still bring that joy and spread joy. And then afterwards, we can boost our immune system again as we start the new year and really develop habits that are lasting, that aren't just for seven days. 10 days. We choose 21 days because it takes 21 days to develop a new habit. Habits are what make you wake up every day and you go brush your teeth, hopefully. <laughs> habits are the ones that you now know that we wash our hands when we come home from the grocery stores to really prevent the spread of this. So how do you develop these habits? And a lot of times it takes accountability and doing it with a group and in a community and feeling supported is what we've seen so many of our students and clients that have done this have such lasting success. And that is what we hope to do. You know, like we said, we're gluten intolerant. When we, when I found out I was 16, I was an athlete. I'd been, my entire life was carbo loading, doing everything I could so that I could have energy to play soccer and play my best and all that stuff. And when I then discovered how I could feel through the foods, how they make me feel and to change that, that wasn't like a choice. That was new, my new lifestyle because mm -hmm. I knew I want to feel good. I want to do my best. And that I now have this tool to be able to help other people discover what that is for them, whether you're gluten-free or not. Beautiful. So amazing. Mm -hmm. um, it's so funny. Like my brother, we I interviewed him and he's an entrepreneur and he was just saying, you know, the one thing that he thinks is, is a game changer for him or has been is just cleaning up his diet. Like he's the guy that all of his friends will go out and order a beer and he'll order like a veggie tray and like they'll order wings, you know, because I do think your taste buds change because I was so lucky to grow up in a family that cooked like this and my mom that still does. And, you know, she has a cooking blog. She's been on here. And I do think you crave what you put in your body and your body craves, you know, it's, it's a cycle and same thing. If you, if you put sugar in it, it's going to crave sugar. Your body tells us everything. And when we have the clarity between our gut, our heart, and our mind, our body talks to us. And when we listen to those things, that's when we really make that shift into a higher consciousness, a higher quality of life. So Peggy, I want to kind of switch into this level of understanding your intuitive nature and this level of spirituality that you've brought into not only food for your family, which has healed your family, but just these conversations that you've had with your kids from a young age, and it's clearly affected them. So I'm excited to hear from you, Megan, on how it's really shifted who you are and changed your life. But was that something you were raised with? Is that something that you awoke to? How did that happen for you? Well, so my husband, Tim, daddy, Papa Tim, um, we've been together since we're 15 and 16. Wow. And we knew at a young age that if we, you know, took our time that we would be married eventually. But the world society at the time, this is, you know, almost 50 years ago was, no, 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 you're Jewish, you're Catholic. This isn't going to work. You cannot, this isn't going to work. So we actually had to do, before we got married, a class that in Catholicism, you have to do this like class before you're married. And it makes you think, well, how are you going to raise your kids was one of the questions. And when Tim and I sat down, because it's an eight hour class, we're like, so what are we going to do? And we both came to the conclusion, we're going to raise our kids of spirit. And what did that look like Chills. for us? And so raising our children of spirit is what we wanted to bring into the world. We wanted our kids to be functioning, happy, healthy, you know, um, balanced people so that they could go out. That's our job as parents. You know, we get them for 18 years and then they're going out in the world and making their own decisions. So what can we do as parents that can help our kids? So when everyone, because we have four daughters, Megan is number two, and when they were all old enough to sit at the table for about 10 minutes is what, you know, we would start and we worked our way up to 20 um, minutes, um, we would do these family meetings. And so the kids originally, we decided to, okay, they're going to taste Judaism. They went to, you know, Jewish school for like a year or two, and then they were getting ready to go to catechism. The kids go, no, my friends, no way. So they said, mom, homeschool us. So that's what we did. We homeschooled religion. And in our mind, we were homeschooling spirit. We were raising the, you know, we were elevating their spirit 
in these every Sunday from till the time they were little till they went off to college. And we did it until they all left. So family meetings every Sunday for 20 to 30 minutes, you know, at our family table was our foundation for raising children of spirit. So tell me what a conversation on Sunday looked like, or Meg, what what were the conversations like? Well, I just remember like my dad, because my dad goes to church every Sunday. He is a practicing to this day, Catholic, goes to church and he would come home and say, what was the message of that day in church? So whether it was talking about love, talking about morals, talking about kindness, he would take the theme and we would bring it to the table. And then we would have the conversation around that. And I also loved, because we would have this conversation, it got you thinking about outside of yourself. And then being one of four girls, if something had happened that week, that was our opportunity to really talk about like, you know, my older sister, Alex, like you would hurt my feelings. Like it really hurt when you did this or to my little sisters, like, you know, it's really annoying me or whatever, like, or it felt really good that you supported me in this way. And I felt like really good about it. So you could have this time to kind of really talk about your emotions. And also even in a greater scheme, like how that makes you feel like You know, my mom from a young age, we'd always take the bus downtown LA and she would take us to these places. And that was kind of a part of it too, of um, giving back. Giving back was such a huge part of our family and what we did. And so being able to talk about like why some things don't seem fair, why things like, why are we have more privilege than others or what, like that awareness and like what we can do to support and help one another because we all are connected. And I think that was the beauty of, um, you know, back in the day, like Judaism, Catholicism, whatever it is that you believe in, you get to the root causes that it's love. We're all connected and you can come back to that. And that's what I'm so grateful for that my parents really, it wasn't about the story. It was like, what is the story about? What is the meaning behind it? Do you feel like Meg in your life, like it's just given you the ability to really communicate, feel your feelings and communicate powerfully? Yes. Every single one of my boyfriends, my exes that I've <laughs> had, like, it's like, you are an insane communicator, like almost to the next level where I've had it, where I've almost had to like help other people practice communicating because they haven't had that. Like so many of my friends, so many of, especially my girlfriends growing up, like my mom was the mom that like, they told like, who their first kiss was, what was going on, the struggles that they had. They couldn't communicate that with their parents. And so my mom really was that bridge to have that person you could turn to. And what it did is it made you so much more compassionate and this understanding that this wasn't what everybody else experienced, but that you could share this and pay it forward to help other people get there. Totally. And 2020, I'm sure there are so, there's so much rage, anger, sadness. I mean, suicide rates are up. Peggy, if you were to give any tips to parents right now, like if you were raising young kids right now, how would you bring people to the table? Is, would you do it the same way? Would you, would you shift anything? Would you maybe come more often to the table? Like what could you offer moms that are listening right now that are like, wow, these are some things that I could really implement in my life that I think would make a big difference for my family. Well, you hit the nail right there when you said you come to the table more often, because I think all of us want to be seen and heard. And when we're not seen and heard, that's when trouble can happen. You know, we stray away. But when you build a trust, when you build a trust that you mean when you say, look, what comes to this table stays at this table. It's a non-judgment safe place to, to just spill whatever it is that's inside you that you need to be able to discuss or even just be heard, listened to. You know, it's not necessarily we're going to fix it, but just to be able to communicate your feelings in a way that you can trust this space. And I think more than ever, because we're all living in these close quarters on top of each other, being able to have that time where your kids can come to you at any time of the day to say, hey, tell me when I need five minutes, I need some time to talk to you. Or another great thing that I would share with parents is there's a very special time of day with your kids when you have kids living at home, no matter how old they are. Because, you know, Megan comes to visit 
And what's the best time of day to be able to connect is at bedtime. That's when you're the most vulnerable. So what we would do also, because we had four kids and sleep time before we got it under control was like crazy making, getting everyone to sleep. We would massage hands and feet. We would have conversations where everyone had 10 minutes, at least with us, where we would connect that soul connecting when you're massaging them and getting them ready for sleep is a very incredible time to be able to connect with your kids. And so you have time at the table. That's our dinner time. You have time on Sundays once a week. You have time when your kids just need you. But when, they're, when you're most available and they know this, before they go to bed, they're going to get you. They're going to get your undivided attention. There's no phones. There's no TV. There's no nothing. We're getting ready for bed. And you have me one-on-one or you have dad one-on-one or whoever that is. And that's a very special time as well. Yeah. One thing that came forward for me is there's many ways, even if, if this, this doesn't feel available for you and your family, like every single person on this line, if you're craving it, you can create a sister circle. You can get on zoom to message three friends right now in a group text message and say, Hey, I just need a safe place to be seen and heard. Would you be open to getting on a call once a week for an hour? And we can just share no agenda, no agenda. We can just share. We can share. I had the worst day ever with my husband. I had the craziest thing happen today at work. And that's it. They, you hold space, you know, and if you want feedback, you can ask for feedback. But I think that it doesn't always have to come from your family. No. And that is critical. One of the things is when I was growing up, I was the youngest of three. And the girls knew this from the moment we sat at their table. I said, you know what? Friendships are the most important things that will carry you through your life, whether it's you girls, you know, because this is your testing ground. You're going to learn everything with yourselves at home. But if you have one, two or three really great friends that you can connect with and Meg knows this, I have, there's a group that I've had since junior high. There was 10 of us that, you know, that you have these pockets of women. It's been shown in studies that friendships and community also help with our immunity, our health and our well-being. Absolutely. And I'm seeing more men, conscious men in my circle have men groups as well. And, you know, it's been so, it's been an old paradigm conversation for so long that men need to be tough. They need to hold in all of their emotions, showing vulnerability is weakness. And these men's circles are equally as important. You know, my dad's run a Bible study for you know, with his friends, executives in Chicago for the past 20 something years. And I'm sure there's lots of tears and lots of things that are, are shared in there, whatever it looks like, whether it's religious or it's just over some beers. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's the beautiful thing too. It's like, you know, we talk so much about like family, but like your family could be, say, it's just you and your partner. And like, why, like, I think about the most like amazing time like the most special intimate time is like that pillow talk everybody loves pillow talk it's like that's where you get to like just kind of share that stuff and you can create that in your own family whether it's with you and a partner or you and your friends and you can have that time to create that space I think I always had like my best friend from when I was nine was this was my guy Alex and he and his brother his stepbrother and his friends like you can create that with men because they have those emotions. They have, I think I was so drawn to male relationships because like my mom said, I knew my sisters were my best friends. We're all very close. We're within a span of six years is all four of us. So we're very close in age. And I was, I think I was like so overwhelmed with like the, the, the estrogen in my life that I was like, I need other like input. And so whatever that looks like for you, whether it is finding friends or a sister, cause like I have my like friends that are sisters, you know, that truly are, or like what we've created with our, the sisterhood circle, like, and you know, there's so many opportunities, especially now when people feel isolated and feeling like they don't have people that they might not necessarily be able to talk to, or because they're spending so much time on top of each other in your homes, um, things might feel more challenged. Now more than ever, we're needing to connect and really have these conversations so that we can continue to live such a full, happy life and be able to work through these things. I think all of this is showing up on purpose right now. All of the shadows 
friends. Like that was the number one thing I learned through my family is that my sisters were my mirrors. My mom is my biggest mirror. The way that people would show up to me and how I was showing up, if I wanted to say something, I was frustrated. Like why you're like, why are you in such a bad mood? But like, to whoever you're talking to, but you you don't realize you're giving that off energetically. And so if you can just talk about it and work through it, um, like, I think we're all being faced with a lot of like, whether it's scarcity, whether it's health, whatever those, the big things that are triggering you right now, um, face them. I think we're given this opportunity to really face them and to talk about it. And whether you don't feel comfortable talking about it, journaling it out, start getting it out. It just has to come out. I think that's the biggest thing. And I've learned that in my family is like, we cannot play with stress and there's so much fear and there's so much stress on the planet right now. And I think so many entrepreneurs and so many people that are go-getters and achievers have a trait of holding things in and being the tough guy and making saving the day and i you know suicide rates are up like crazy businesses are failing and it's not personal it's not about you it's not about us it's it's the state of the world so not only have i personally created a women's spirituality group, but also a business group. And then local women in Chicago that are entrepreneurs. Why? Times are tough. So many of my friends are in the events world. There are no events in 2020. So what do I do? Listen to them share how scary it is, you know, because you can't keep that inside, you know? So we can be a safe space and we can create safe circles for each other. And Pegs, you know, you've done so much holding and so much creating for your children. Was it these these women's circles that kept you um, full? Like, how did you have a self-love practice where you consistently came from overflow? Because I don't experience you as savior at all, like martyr syndrome as a mother. I experiencing you, you full, giving, whole, and complete. And I think some women can fall into that where motherhood becomes their identity. They resent it. And now they're like, how do I do this and be an entrepreneur and take care of myself? How did you keep self-care as a priority in your life? I think that, um, I, I love that question because I think my mom taught me that my mom, um, didn't grow up wealthy at all, but she had a drive to succeed and make money and provide for the family. My dad was a doctor, but she wanted that next level of providing. She had things she wanted, either a nice clothes, travel, whatever. And I, I watched it. And sometimes being the youngest of the three siblings, my brother was 10 years older. My sister was five. I was pretty much like an only child, you know, at a certain point. And I watched her really find joy in the things that she wanted. And what that taught me was when I started having my own kids, I didn't want to let go of myself. And then I realized that this hierarchy, if you don't take care of yourself, you have no juice, nothing, no mojo to give to others. And then the second priority comes because divorce was, you know, rampant. I'm like, you got to take care of your relationship with the one that you're living with this partner, you know, your life partner, because if you don't continue to cultivate that relationship, what are you going to have when the kids leave the house and then the kids? So that's the, it's you, your relationship with your husband, your spouse, your partner, whatever that looks like, and your children, then your children, because we have a job. Our kids are our job to raise functioning, happy, healthy kids, support them, clothe them, feed them, but then you got to cut the cord and let them go. So how are you going to do that? And that's where the family, meaning that's where everything came in. I was a special ed school teacher, the same thing. By disconnecting, making it personal with that relationship with whomever you're working with and really focusing on your intention. What is your intention? Why did you have children? You know, they're not there to save you, save your marriage, whatever that is. They're not your toys. They are human beings that you need to cultivate and let go. But don't let go of yourself. Don't let go of your relationship that's going to follow after they leave. And that I, I got really big from just my parents and, and that. What are those practices that you do to nourish yourself? Oh my gosh. So Megan and I, we both, you know, I've taught my kids morning practice, um, over the years. Like when I get up, it's like, 
I can't wait to get to my chair. I can't wait to do my, um, my practice where I do a lot of crystal work. I do a lot of um, journaling, writing. I do prayer work, um, a lot of um, visualization. I do uh, yoga, stretching, exercise. So I do, oh, tapping. I love my tapping. Wow. Because I had severe panic disorder from the time I was 19 till I was 28 before I had kids. So if you imagine, Tim and I were together eight years. We were together another eight years while I was healing my panic disorder. So we were together 16 years before we even had four children. From the time I was 31 to 38, we were birthing our family. And I had to have tools. So I had a woman's group that nurtured me through all this panic disorder. I had, um, I did a lot of metaphysical work back then before it was even a thing um, that peeled away my onions and the layers. Uh, I did everything to find my happy. And once I found the practices that worked, one of them being tapping, because it's all on these um, meridian points that actually retrain your brain and to get you going. So I love tapping with Brad. I love the tapping solution. Those are my go-tos. They're free. I love the apps. You know, um, I love uh, uh, Headspace, which is a mm. fabulous app for um, meditation, guided meditation. There's so many things free on YouTube today now, but those are my go-tos. Even right now, Oprah um, and Deepak always give a free 21 day. They're in the middle of it. And um, you can join anytime. So there's a lot of free information out there today that really help nourish my soul and keep me at a very balanced place. Meg, you obviously came from a lineage of, you know, self-growth tools and um, just conscious parenting. How now in growing your own business with your mother, which is crazy, and growing your own identity in your own life and your own relationships, have you learned how to create clear boundaries, know who you are, have your own self-practice? So, so that's not a mesh because there's a lot of people on the line that work with, you know, cousins, brothers, sisters, parents, spouses, and they have this challenge of like, how do I build an empire with my husband without like chopping his neck off? You know, I love this question because it's something Pegs and I have done a lot of work around. And I always say the best thing that helped us was we did couples therapy. We really? 100% went to a therapist for five years. We got support to really understand how to communicate with each other and not just communicate, listen. The biggest thing, especially with family, and as you can imagine, I we started Curry Girls Kitchen right up when I graduated college. So here I am, 21 years old, starting a business with my mom, still kind of not really sure what my role in this was because this really is like my mom's legacy. I always say I'm Peg's hype girl. I'm here to bring her through to technology to help get more people to understand. Which you are just- doing. Hello, <laughs> you're, do- you're doing your work right here. Good job. Exactly. Like <laughs> she, she, everyone needs to know Peg's and I just want to like share her radiance with everybody. But within that, it was really hard. It's like, where do I fit within that? And also understanding that that was around 2012 when Instagram, social media was this whole beast of a world that we didn't know about was growing and evolving. So starting a YouTube channel, starting a blog, starting all these things to do together and really defining what our roles were. My mom has this cookbook that she's been, it's been this like work in progress that is finally coming to publication, which we are so excited about. When? This year, the beginning of this Let's go. We got to look out yes. for us. Yeah. So you'll have a look out for our book. Um, but so what I found is that we would, a, a lot of our arguments came back to us getting defensive where things became personal because with family and business, it was like, it wasn't my coworker or my co-founder telling me something. It was my mom. So like, okay, not only am I now in the eyes of like, I messed up or I did something not to her liking, but now I'm taking it as like, my mom doesn't love me because Okay, so I just want to say something because yours is your actual mom, but I work with people that have mentors and business partners and they project their mom onto these figures. So it's the same conversation for everyone listening. 
Exactly. <laughs> and whether it's your mom or not, you know, you put this person on this, it's like, how do you view yourselves as equal? So it was getting to that point of, okay, we both are equals. I am, even though significantly younger than you, my ideas and my education and my knowledge Preach. is equally as valuable to this business. And so how do we get to a place of like, okay, no longer are you going to come to me as seniority or my mom trying to teach me lessons. And I think that was a really big, um, lesson for us of cutting the cord of my mom. My mom was my first mentor. She was my first teacher in everything in life. So we're all our parents or whoever is us. Exactly. And so coming to the point where she then had to know that I wasn't trying to personally offend her by not going to her, asking her for advice, but that there needed to be that spreading the wings and that we could have two different perspectives coming together to better our business, to work together. And so understanding that, okay, I need to really form my own business identity, really hone my thoughts and creativity. And I too have a voice in this business. And so working with other teachers and, um, furthering my education outside of what I was already doing with my mom was super important for us to then also have the support from a therapist, from other coaches. We've always worked with business coaches. We always work with um, other people because like we both say, we don't know it all. And why, like it, why not make it easier for yourself and get support if you can? Well, and one of the things that I want to share too, that in that Meg is that It's an A, ongoing process. We're constantly in a learning group and in a learning curve. But one of the things that I feel is that when you work with family, family's where you start creating your belief systems. And so we work with people that, um, this is what I did when I did my metaphysical work for my own self. And what happened is Megan, Megan mirrors a lot of things for me. So understanding the beliefs that you've come in create a lot of the discord within your partnership. And that could be partners, marriage partners. It can be business partners. It can be relationships with siblings, friends, coworkers, whatever it is. But that belief system that lives here wreaks such havoc on our relationships. So until you start working also, and Megan and I have done this a lot, in our personal beliefs, that also helped clear out a lot of the dissonance that was happening between us. Right, because really what you're doing is you're clearing your own perspective and you're seeing the other with a new set of eyes rather than these triggers playing out. And I can see this so much in business where people aren't or are not even, I guess, aware of what you just shared. And it, it's super limiting. It's super limiting in growth because when we can face ourselves, yes, we can be these independent thought leaders and come together to the table, like you said, Meg, as equals and contribute our gifts collectively, which I feel like is shifting on the planet right now. It's an awakening for people to wake up to the truth of who they are and not project this on some other person coming out to, to save them. <laughs> well, it's, it's the number one, the number one belief is I'm not good enough. Right. The triggers that go with I'm not good enough are huge. And especially with family, as like we said, you know, that builds the foundation of those beliefs and understanding. So if you can separate, I think the biggest lesson I learned of like, it's okay to disappoint somebody as a type A people pleaser, especially when it comes into business. Like all I wanted to do was get that gold star in school, (laughs) get good grades. And it, it follows you into business and it, you know, know, like you have to get comfortable failing. You have to get comfortable disappointing people and knowing that that's not a knock on your character. That has nothing to do with who you are as a person, but that is growing opportunities. Yeah. And and I'm taking feedback and taking L's with grace. Like that's kind of like, it's, it's like sitting there and being like, okay, I messed up. Like, give me some, give me your feedback and really taking it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing I will say too, you know, we taught, you talked about it a bit and asked about this was the boundaries because with 
business and relationships with whether it's your partner, your family members, friends, like to preserve that relationship. You know, my mom and I always say, because during those five years when we were in therapy, there was some drag out fights that were not like my dad, my sisters were like, why, why are you doing this? And for us, it was always this higher purpose of like, we know what our mission is. And it's so much more powerful doing it together than if we're separate. And what, what we always said is that our relationship becomes before business, because if we don't have each other, like that was like, we have such a respect of mother, daughter, Megan and Peggy versus co-founder Megan and Peggy, that if there was something that we had to talk about, like aside from business being like, listen, this needs to be cleared. Or if this is becoming an issue, like let's pause and let's like reconnect. Like we, my mom and I say, we're constantly working on it. You need that boundary for your sanity to preserve this relationship so that it can be a really highly functioning one. And also having boundaries because as all entrepreneurs know, our brains don't turn off. If you're an entrepreneur, it is because you love what you do so freaking much. And it's an extension of who you are. You eat, sleep, breathe it all day. You're so passionate about it that if you don't have the boundary and force yourself to take a day or an hour or 10 minutes to just detach, to regroup and to do that, it's serving you so much more in the long run. And you deserve that time that by doing it, I know for me, I've thought of it as like me being lazier. I could be doing more and I could, should, would. When I let all of that go and I was like, you know what? When I check in with myself, what do I need right now? My boundary is that, okay, Sunday, I'm not turning my phone on because like, that's what I need. Like when you can create these boundaries with your business partnership, with your relationships, it is so much better because you now know, it's like what Peg said in the beginning, if you can take care of yourself, it's not about necessarily always thinking about the other person, but if you show, I need this for me, you're modeling to the other person to create those boundaries for themselves. That's going to better the business. That's going to better the relationship moving forward. I think this, this conversation is actually one of my favorite conversations I've had on my show so far, to be really honest with you, because it's so like, it's it it's it. It's, this is it truly, because this is why businesses fail. This is why relationships fail because they're not willing to come to the table and look at ourselves. And I think, um, what I've learned, like Peggy, I want to hear from your perspective because in the business I'm in and life in general, what I feel like is happening is there's these generation gaps, right? And the reason why I feel like myself and your daughter serve a really important purpose in many ways, but one of the ways is that we're bridges. You're a bridge too, Peggy is she can bring you to a larger audience. Like, because she gets you and I get you because I'm a bridge. I could have done this too, but I didn't know you if it weren't for her. And she also gets who she's speaking to, where I feel like there's a generation, like your generation gets to understand this new generation and that we came in with a different set of values. We came in with a different desire. We came in with, a different level of excitement. You know, you guys were babies of what, like the great depression, like you guys needed to make money or whatever. And like, that's just not important to our generation. Like we are here to make a difference, right? Yes. We want to make money, but we, we value our freedom, right? We value our flexibility. And a lot of people that looks irresponsible, like who are these wild people on Instagram, right? Like I don't get them. Like they don't even care. They don't even understand. Like, so there's this old guard that might not understand these new ideas and these new principles and this new way of being and living but we're evolving, right? We're evolving. So how do people that are potentially older listening to this, like embrace, embrace this, give space for it and get it so we can all work together versus separate, right? Because that's what's happening right now is there's so much separation because we're not willing to, to see each other and hear each other and get it. Unity. <laughs> we are one. Why do you go to church? Why do you have, these are for, you know, big, Christians and anyone that's belonged to a big source of religious content, okay? You go to church because you go to be a good person, better person that. But if you walk out of that door without that understanding that we are all one, because that's what Jesus taught. Every single thought leader, every single religious person taught this perspective that we're all one. So I don't know why my brain 
I think it was my mom. My mom was a very open, tried everything, you know, woman. And so I think that's where I got it from was to be open. No is not a word that I, and it's hard for me on some levels that I'm practicing where the appropriate no goes, but I'm a yes person to the idea of change, being open to change, being open to evolution. We're in a very big evolutionary shift right now, age of Aquarius. In seven years, there's going to be a cataclysmic shift that we're just stepping stones now, okay? So as people of my generation, these baby boomers who really hold on to the age thing, you know, I pray every day that I accept aging gracefully. I accept my beauty as I age. I don't need to do, you know, things to change who I am. But what I do need to change is my attitude, my thoughts, my awareness, my openness to hear this generation and their views, their ideas, their ideas, because it's your generation and those behind you and above you, whatever, that's going to change this world that we need. And that is to me what this purposeful time has been to wake up people, wake up and start listening to each other and accepting the the differences that we all have together, right? Because we're all different. We all have that. And how do we embrace the differences that, you know, are going to help make a better world today, you know? So we all have those differences and how can we just kind of go, okay, how do we see each other's perspective and have the conversations? Don't run away, step into it, lean in. Isn't that that whole thing? Lean into the conversation. Don't run from fear. It's that I, um, I share with people, it's that big wave I was taught. I used to hate, you know, we live at the ocean. You don't run away from that big wave that's coming. You go into the wave to get through to the other side. And then we're going to see, we're going to see the change. I really believe that we all wish and hope for, you know? What does that, I mean, I have chills. Like that was a sermon right there. What does the new world look like to you? Like give us a vision, your vision of the future, both of you. Uh, The one word that's coming to me right now is cooperation, that we're working together, we're working in unity, we're working as one, that we really do have that understanding that our beat of our heart is the same beat that's in you, in Megan, and it ripples out to every single, I've always believed we are the pebble in the pond. You put your pebble out there and it ripples out. So if we're here to create the goodness, if our purpose in life is to be love, to forgive, and to serve. That's from Jesus, and I'm a Jew. That's from Buddha. That's from every single thought leader. Those are the three things. Love is the answer. And so there's a lot of broken people in this world. How do we embrace even the broken people, right? And have compassion for one another and really do our part. That's so amazing. That was my word. Yeah, compassion. You know, the word that like how I see this world is I love that you say cooperation because it is that unity of coming together, that working together and really working with one another. Whereas for me, like what you're saying, that root of love is it's compassionate, people being more compassionate to other people's circumstances, people being more understanding and more loving and understanding. Standing that there's not one way of doing something, of being, of whatever, that there are, we are all you so unique. And like what my mom was saying is that open and willingness to change is that I see that openness and willingness for all of us to step into our own unique gifts and to continue to share that, not trying to match anybody else around you, but like you are so in your own that we can all then come together using our gifts with love, with cooperation to change the world. Period. Mic drop, end of sentence. So beautiful, both of you. And I know you put this level of 
awareness, consciousness, love into every email, every blog, every food that you cook. I know Meg, we were on Zoom the other night and you're like, yes, I do Reiki. I send light into the food that I'm cooking. Like food for you is love. You're like, I can eat a cookie and it can be giving me abs because it's love. You know, it's all about our perspective and how we consciously, intentionally, as you say, Pegs, um, operate. And that comes back with, you know, to us continuing to, to look at ourselves and be willing to awaken deeper. This has been such a treat and so soulful. I feel so filled up right now. And I hope you guys listening do too. They have an amazing website, currygirlskitchen.com. You guys, we're going to link it up. They have incredible detoxes that we talked about, insane recipes. Everything is simple, healthy, high vibrational, and very good for your immune system. We got to look out for their cookbook coming out in the new year. And is there anything else? Like, where can they find you? Where do you want them to be active with you? You can follow <laughs> us on Instagram at Curry Girls Kitchen. Pegs basically takes you to church once a week on her lives. It's very fun. We do it through food. Food is our connection to being able to share the message of really what it is, which is love and taking care of each other. Um, you can follow us on YouTube. We share a lot of videos, recipe videos, lots of other fun things that we do, sharing into our family, our life, kind of giving you an inside scoop of what it looks like in the curry household. And you can listen to our podcast at Make Life Delicious, where we have we get to have conversations like this, like you are on our podcast and other really wonderful dear friends and thought leaders and just inspirational people that it's not just the food, but everything else on top of the food that truly does make our life so delicious. So mm. thank you, you. Definitely make life <laughs> delicious. So thank you for being on purpose and sharing your gifts. You are a blessing to all of us. Oh, we're so grateful for you, Laura. Thank you. Hi guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please share this episode and DM us. We'd love to interact with you about all you learn and create from this. If you love this podcast, please go ahead and subscribe to get real-time updates when all new episodes go live. And if you can, please leave us a review. It will help us grow our community and our message to support more leaders on their growth journey. If you want to continue to hang out with me, follow me on Instagram at Laura E. Holloway and subscribe to my weekly newsletter at lauraeholloway.com for weekly downloads, blogs, upcoming workshops, events, and more. Stay aligned and make your move. I'll see you next week.